Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Cecilia Lay and this is Fifth Emission. It's feeling like spring in California, finally. After being hammered by record rains and historic snowfall, we can embrace the wildflower super bloom and warmer temperatures. This week, the state will face an early season heat wave, and that's raising concerns from weather forecasters and climate scientists. They're calling it the big melt. California's enormous snowpack is starting to drain from the Sierra Nevada, and it's going to start melting faster as things heat up. We're talking about trillions of gallons of water rushing into rivers and reservoirs. Is the state ready to manage it? Which communities are most at risk of flooding? Today on Fifth Emission, meteorologist Jerry Diaz joins me to discuss why the warmer weather and sunny skies are raising serious concerns. What's the worst case scenario of a big and fast melt? Later, Lifestyle and Outdoors editor Gregory Thomas will share how some beloved warm weather activities are being impacted, like trips out to dip in and float on the American or Yuba River. First, big melt updates from Jerry Diaz. Jerry, great to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me, Cece. Jerry, we're discussing the state's big melt, which is precipitated by warming weather trends. Just how warm is it going to get this week? It is going to be very unusually warm. So starting Wednesday is when we're going to see that uptick in temperatures. Just to get a sense of Yosemite Valley itself, the average temperature around this time of the year is usually around 63 degrees for daytime highs. We're expecting daytime highs in the upper 70s along the portions of the valley. And so that's really going to add to extra stress, not just for some of the snow immediately along Yosemite Valley, but also for the snowpack at large. 60s are on tap for most of the central Sierra, and that's going to really help to melt a lot of that snow during that daytime. But it's not just daytime temperatures we're concerned about. At night, we're going to see those temperatures also stay well above the average. Around this time of the year, usually Yosemite Valley will fall to around 35, 36 degrees. We're expecting nighttime temperatures closer to the 50 degree mark. So those are temperatures that are well over 15 degrees above the average. And we're going to see that continue not just through Wednesday, but then through the rest of the week and into early next week. That's what we would define as a strong heat wave signature for that area. And this is all a big deal because the Sierra snowpack is quite large. Just how big is it? The Sierra snowpack is currently roughly around 200 to 250 percent above the average for this time of year. Around Mammoth Lakes, we currently have about 144 inches of snow sitting right along that area. And if you scatter that out across the length of the whole Sierra Nevada, we're talking about hundreds of billions of gallons of water that are currently frozen in the form of snow. I mean, if you were to essentially melt all of that snow right now, we're talking about roughly four to five feet of water in that liquid form that's scattered across the whole length of the mountain range. Jerry, the concern here is that the rate of the snowmelt could accelerate very quickly. What's the worst case scenario of a rapid spring snowmelt? 
our current worst case scenario is for that snowpack to start melting at a rate where we would essentially have 70 plus degree temperatures along some of that stretch of those 100 some inches of snow that we have. And if that continues between Wednesday through the end of the week into early next week, then that could essentially lead to some very serious, what we would call that critical point, where suddenly you're not just melting the top layers of the snowpack, but it's almost like a feedback loop. You've started the warming process. Now more of that snow begins to melt. Those temperatures continue to rise. And now you start seeing more and more of the inner sections, that interior portion of the snowpack begins to melt as well. The whole system essentially begins to destabilize along the foothills. Now, the good news is we don't expect the heating to get into the deepest layers of the snowpack. And that's largely because this heat will essentially begin to level off by the middle of next week. But again, worst case scenario would be for this feedback loop to continue and for the snowpack to begin what we call that critical melting point. All we would need is just a slight uptick in temperatures, a slightly more prolonged heat wave, and that would essentially put us in that position. So which regions are most vulnerable here? Right now, the National Weather Service has already issued a flood watch that's been extended, and it will start from Wednesday night and carry over into May 2nd. And that's specifically for the Yosemite Valley area. So for those who are planning to go out to Yosemite this weekend, you may want to consider changing your plans, especially since you have this extra prolonged time of a heads up, because it's going to be Yosemite Valley, portions of the foothills that are right along Fresno, uh, that whole stretch of the Central Sierra where we have that elevated risk for some melting. And that's also on top of the flooding that has already been transpiring in the San Joaquin Valley down in the southern portion of the Central Valley. So those who live near the now returned Tulare Lake have already experienced some of those concerns with the rising waters. We're going to see more of that as more of that water streams down into the valleys. So speaking of that region, the San Joaquin Valley and the Tulare Lake Basin, What are the concerns now for that region since the big melt is only just starting? Right. So the main concern right now is that we've already seen all of this melting early on that has led to the return of that lake. And a lot of agricultural production has been affected very critically because of that. Now that we're entering this phase, we're going to see even more rapid snow melt. The question is, will we see that flooding area extend even further outward, potentially affecting communities that are a little closer to the Bakersfield and Hanford area? So that's the raised concern right now is just how much more water will drain out. And hydrologists are currently looking into that. That's why we're uh, running those hydrologic models, just to get a sense of how much these streams and rivers will be affected in the coming days. Now, is there concern that the state may be unprepared for these kinds of challenges? We haven't really seen a snowpack of this level melt at this rate, at least in the past 20 years. So that begs the question, are we ready to deal with some of this flooding, especially if we see unprecedented levels of warming by the end of this week? The challenge is that weather models around this time of the year do struggle a bit with capturing the full length of a heat wave. And this is really our first major heat wave of the season. So... If we were to see temperatures go up even just a few degrees warmer than the current forecast, that could essentially lead to a trickle-down effect where we have more snow melt. So will we be able to have the resources ready to deal with that elevated risk if the snowpack melts faster than what is currently forecast? And not only that, but we're seeing flooding in places in the Central Valley that just haven't experienced that potentially in the past 30 years. You know, you have residents who tell stories about the 82, 83 floods. That's almost a generation ago. So Mm. These are challenges that are really going to challenge California in terms of how we deal with this uh, essentially modern risk from this snowmelt. 
Now, Jerry, we've talked about intensifying weather conditions because of climate change on the show before. Is it too soon to be worried about any sort of catastrophic damages from snow melts, or is this the right time to really sort of raise concerns? You know, a lot of these residents have been dealing with the snow for the past few months now, and a lot of them have already seen full effect the property damage caused by rooftops caving in. It goes back to the weather pendulum that we've seen in California, right? So we've gone from prolonged droughts to lots of rainfall and, you know, very wet winter, and now we're going back to that warmth. It's a whiplash of sorts. And it adds strain to the soils that have already been oversaturated just this winter. So it's really just a question of, are we ready to deal with this back and forth between one extreme to another? And yeah, I I would say it is something to keep in the back of our minds as we continue to see the damages that are being caused, not just in places like Yosemite, but really just across the state. The Sierra Nevada is a great example of that extremity. Now, how long will this year's snowmelt event last for? How long should we be keeping an eye on this issue? Unfortunately, this might be an issue that we're going to have to keep an eye on for through the summer because it is a lot of snow that needs to get melted through. If we have another critical heat wave here in the next couple of months, that'll raise concerns for that rapid snowmelt to occur again. So even if this heat wave underperforms, and what we mean by that is that we don't see you know, those temperatures reach the 70s or 80s in some of the summits of the Sierra, we're still in April. So we have all of summer to go. And that could potentially lead to another risk where we have a much more serious heat wave, more widespread heat that could unfortunately put us right back into the situation that we're in right now. So even though the Bay Area isn't at flood risk, what should local residents be aware of and stay mindful of? If you're planning to head to Yosemite, just remember that the area will likely experience uh, localized flooding. Roadways might be closed. So, you know, just follow any advice that local authorities tell you. If there's any detours, you know, make sure that you take them. It might be best just to wait until after, you know, this heat wave to make a visit. And it goes not just for Yosemite, but for really this whole stretch of the Sierra. If you plan to go to Tahoe or Mammoth Lakes, Shaver Lake, all of these areas, just be advised that there is rapid snowmelt and you will be dealing with a lot of the downstream effects over the next few days. Well, Jerry, great insights and advice as always. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Many Bay Area residents love a weekend getaway to nearby rivers. Chronicle Lifestyle and Outdoors editor Gregory Thomas shares why you may want to rethink that plan. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. I'm back with Chronicle Lifestyle and Outdoors editor Gregory Thomas. Gregory, before the break, our colleague meteorologist Jerry Diaz shared why the big melt is causing a lot of concern. Spring melts are important for our region's rivers each year. How will rivers be impacted this year? Yeah, it's going to be higher, more water, flowing faster, a lot colder, and for longer, for deeper into the summers than people are used to seeing. And that's essentially a product of the historic winter that we just had in California, where the Sierra snowpack is sitting at upwards of 200% of its annual average. And so all of that snow is going to begin to melt as the temperatures warm up. And as it melts, it essentially funnels down 
all of these river channels and corridors that we have coming down the western slope of the Sierra towards the Central Valley. And uh, so all of those rivers fill up with freezing cold water. So we're looking at a, a long summer and a lot of water. And many Bay Area residents enjoy weekend trips to the river, especially as the weather warms up like we're seeing now. But there are dangers because of the spring melts. Which areas should folks be concerned about in particular? Yeah, really everywhere is the the answer to that. Authorities all across the state have been issuing warnings for the past month or so about what they're calling the big melt. Everybody is kind of on high alert and sounding the alarm because of all of this water that we're going to see flowing down the mountains. And the concern is that there are all of these places where people would normally go to play by a river, to hang out, to fish, to swim, that in previous years of drought have been relatively calm or mild. A place where you have gone before to hang out with your family and maybe go swimming a little bit is potentially going to be super dangerous this year. All of the rivers, all of the waterways in California are are subject to this uh, these warnings right now. The central Sierra is a hot spot. So that's the area on the western slope of the mountains from essentially Lake Tahoe heading south to the mountains outside of Fresno. So that's where you have a lot of extremely popular rivers. You know, it's the Yuba River. It's the American River, which is uh, the South Fork of the American is arguably the most popular rafting run in the Western United States. It sees about 100,000 people on a good year who sign up for commercial rafting trips. And then heading further south, there's the the Consumnes, the McCollumney, the Tuolumne, the Merced, uh, which the Tuolumne and the Merced flow out of Yosemite. So extremely popular summer destinations. That's really what a lot of authorities have their eye on, just because of the sheer volume of people who go and recreate in those places during the warm months. And like you mentioned, multiple state agencies are warning residents about these risks. What are they advising to folks right now and what precautions have they already started implementing? They're telling people to stay out. They're telling people that the the water is deadly cold. That's something that you'll see all over the place on warnings. They're really trying to get the message through that people should not be going on rivers right now. And that's because the spring melt has is just getting going. And they're really not sure when the water levels are going to relent to levels that are a little bit more calmer and safer. And so what you're seeing is these stern warnings coming from government agencies that oversee these waterways. But then we're also seeing in certain places, the Merced is one place, the Tuolumne is one one river where we're seeing the sheriffs of the counties that encompass these rivers actually issuing decrees that are shutting down public access to these waterways, which is a little bit beyond the norm for what we typically see this time of year. So pretty strong language and stern warnings coming out of the authorities that oversee these places, in some cases even threatening to fine and cite them if they catch them doing something like swimming or rafting or floating, kind of basic stuff, because performing rescues in rivers and specifically in in swift water, in high water, is extremely difficult. Things happen fast in rivers. People drown quickly. People become hypothermic within minutes. And so they're just trying to reduce that risk and keep people out of the water until the water levels come down a little bit. So how's that making local recreational businesses feel now that there's all these public safety concerns? You mentioned whitewater rafting is a very popular sport for these areas. 
Yeah, if you talk to some of the whitewater rafting companies, the outfitters in the mountains, they are of two minds about this. They obviously know that the water is super high this year. For them, that's pretty exciting. It certainly means that they have to pick and choose their spots in terms of where they run their trips and when. But these are companies that have been kind of surviving by the skin of their teeth for years and years of drought, where their Mm -hmm. seasons for rafting have become super short, where they're seeing less interest, where the rivers are just, you know, sort of running down to a trickle in some places. These decrees that we've seen coming in in certain jurisdictions and certain counties and for certain rivers, you know, they view that as a little bit overzealous, I think, on the part of authorities. But authorities will also tell you that commercial rafting outfitters tend to be very safe and are not the cause of the problems that lead to calls for help, emergencies, rescues, drownings, and other incidents. And so there's a little bit of tension there where commercial outfitters are hoping to attract as many people as possible and take full advantage of all of this water that we're seeing coming down the mountains, but they also are fighting this kind of public campaign that is scaring people away. Now, Greg, of course, there are going to be people who are going to go to the rivers anyway. What's the best way for them to stay safe? I would think that you need to plan a river trip this year the same way you might plan uh, a trip into the backcountry. You need to do your research and know exactly where you're going. You need to make sure that the roads there are open, that there isn't flood damage that's going to prevent you from doing whatever you want to do or that's going to make whatever you want to do a little bit more dangerous or tricky than it would usually be. You want to check in with the local state park or ranger's office for wherever you're going and ask them about what the conditions are. You certainly want to be telling, you know, friends, loved ones, sending them your itinerary for where you're going and when. The basics go without saying you should be wearing a life jacket when you're in a river. And uh, just being smart, you know, recognizing that the reason that all of these warnings are being sent out to people is because there's real danger this year. And it probably goes without saying... Don't drink and do river activities. Thanks so much for the time, Gregory. Thanks for having me. Gregory Thomas is a lifestyle and outdoors editor at The Chronicle. Find his story about the big melts impact on California rivers online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. On Monday, California's Department of Water Resources announced that it is working closely with local officials in vulnerable areas like King, Kern, Tulare, and Fresno counties in order to support preparedness efforts. They also said they're providing resources for communities that have already flooded. The state says it doesn't expect excessive flooding this week and that there's enough room in reservoirs to capture excess flows but that the risk will increase into May as hot weather continues. Thanks to Gregory Thomas and meteorologist Jerry Diaz for being on the show. Find more weather coverage at sfchronicle.com slash weather. King Kaufman edited this episode. Thanks for listening.